If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Today's episode is brought to you by the eBlitz app. We all know that great feeling when you instantly gel with a random squad or teammate. Hoping for that random matchmaking to go your way is now a thing of the past with the eBlitz app. eBlitz is 100% free to download and free to use. It's simple to set up and will have you matching with fellow non-toxic gamers that love the games that you love. Pick up the app today and up your game with the eBlitz app. Click the link in the episode description or search for eBlitz to start finding your next squad today. Now on to the show! Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a group of three dads who are lifelong gamers, and we are so excited to get together and talk about all things video games. Today is Thursday, so we will be breaking down recent gaming news over the last seven days. Please toss us a follow, rate our show five stars, and leave a written review. Please also check out our Patreon page where you can unlock bonus episodes and get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early. I am your host, Paul, and joining me here on the show, I know that he's got a great love for sci-fi and space, so we've got some news tailor-made for him today. It's Michael. I love space. <laughs> Outer space, preferably, is the best kind of space. Inner space? That was a movie from the 80s. That was, was a great movie. Scary. Yeah, that, that was a good movie. Like, you know, a little tiny man inside of a body. I won't go too far in that, but look it up, guys. <laughs> Would you go to space if you had the opportunity, Michael? Hundred percent. I I just watched a, a Netflix documentary on Elon Musk, and it was talking about you know all the challenges it met over the last thirteen years to get that to space. And I'm like, yes, please sign me up. I'll go. Oh, not not me. I've seen too many aliens movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm too scared. <laughs> They're not real. All right. <laughs> as far as we know. All right. And then joining us, he's twenty thousand dollars richer after completing a challenge that everybody else said was impossible. It's Josh. I told all you slackers <laughs> I could do it, and nobody believed me. <laughs> also, I'm oh. quitting the show, guys. I'm twenty thousand dollars richer now, so <laughs> you're retiring. <laughs> yes, that's all it takes is twenty grand. Is that, is that wait? I can retire on that, right? Uh, For like a week? No, maybe 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 in eighteen ninety seven you could. Yeah, <laughs> okay. In in the past. You're just going to have to eat a lot of spaghetti, Josh. Yeah. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retire in space because in space, all money is cold money and you don't need it anyways. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. So we've got a lot of news to talk about this week. I know how much we love covering these Twig episodes where we talk about this week in gaming. And guys, I think we need to start off talking about the developer of Disco Elysium, Zom. And for those who have been listening to our show for a while, they know that we just recently did a deep dive on Disco Elysium. We absolutely loved it. We have it rated as our fourth highest game of all time that we have covered here on the show. And we've been very curious to know, you know, what are these guys going to put out next after such a gem like Disco? And this week, we maybe got a little bit of a hint at what that next project might be. We did see that Zom has job postings online, 
And I'm just going to read this paragraph from PC Gamer, and then you guys can give me some of your thoughts. Arguably, the most eye-catching thing here for the job postings is the artistic position's mention of sci-fi and the environment concept artist post includes phrases new worlds, space, and the arresting declaration that any new hire should understand there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in philosophy. What do you guys think of this when they mention phrases like sci-fi and space for the next Disco Elysium project? I love it. I trust these guys. I mean, I I put off Disco Elysium for quite some time, and uh, now I feel like they can do no wrong at this point, to be honest with you. So if they're giving me (laughs) a great story... Didn't I say that about CD Projekt Red? I shouldn't say (laughs) that. I shouldn't say that. So, okay. So, Zom, I'm I'm intrigued. (laughs) 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 So, yeah. So after playing Disco Elysium, I'm optimistic that uh, they they can put out another great game. (laughs) Do you guys Um, think we're actually going to space in the next game? I think that it would be absolutely hilarious if we did and there's a lot of room to explore there as well because if you think about the inner monologues and inner thoughts um from harry in the first game it's all you know it's all very psychedelic (laughs) psychotropic disco like could you imagine if now he was taking those thoughts into like the existence of god and space and like what what else is out there are there aliens and then making himself more crazy on that I hope we're going to space, but what's it going to be called? I don't know, Galactic Elysium or just Elysium because there's a Matt Damon movie called Elysium that's about space. Whatever they call it, I'll play it. They can do no wrong, kind of, maybe. I love the idea that Michael's initial thought is like Harry becoming a cosmonaut. <laughs> literally I was going to say, I don't think space. this is going to be a sequel, necessarily. It has to be. Please. See, I think it will. Be. I, I, I don't think that they're necessarily being literal when they mention sci-fi and space. I think that might just be the kind of mind they're looking for. But, I mean, who knows? If, if, if they did take us out into space, hey, I'm all for it. I love space games. We've done a tournament yeah. on best space games. But I tend to think maybe they're looking for the creative types who are thinking big. I wonder if that's maybe what they mean. Wait, why did you say cosmonaut? That's Russian. Harry yeah. wasn't Russian. Well, like Revachal kind of feels. Yeah, it feels more Russian than I thought American. I felt French. What's a French yeah. astronaut called? I have no idea. <laughs> Frosh- Moving on. Frosonaut. <laughs> Astronaut. Yeah. That's what they're called. So, uh, did you guys ever play like the old Sierra like Space Quest games way back in the day? No, Rod- Rod- I did Roger not. Wilco. I mean, you know how Sierra had all the point and click adventures, right? And I told you guys that Disco Elysium scratches that beautiful itch for that old school point and click adventure type game. Um, but there were games called Space Quest where you played as a space janitor named Roger Wilco. That's right. Okay, went, that does ring a bell. Yep. Yeah, and went on these grand quests through space as like this poor janitor that just gets abducted and now he's on <laughs> different planets and he's working with these alien species. And it was a phenomenal series. Like to me, that's almost what I hope for. Like maybe yeah. not necessarily the craziness, but like give me the writing and the acting and the story that these guys can do and they've proven with Disco Elysium, but do that in space now on maybe these either like awesome spaceships or foreign planets or derelict stations or there's so many opportunity to give really neat environments there. Like that is where I hope this goes. Could you just imagine if Harry woke up on a spaceship not knowing who he was? <laughs> He would think he partied way too hard the night before. He might think he is dead. Well, I think he does think he's dead anyways, but 
Yeah. Let's hope he didn't uh, break the window of the uh, oh, yeah. spacecraft <laughs> oh, the night before. Good. Well, yeah, watch out for those shoes, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, we know for sure that they are not done building this world that they developed in Disco Elysium. So I don't know if this is going to be a little bit of a departure and then they'll come back to it. Or if maybe they're just looking for sci-fi type brains. Apparently, one thing I did read that I thought was interesting is that there was a, a limited edition of Disco Elysium that had a coffee table book. And inside that book, they said, so far we've only managed to show you a tiny, insignificant corner of Elysium, the district of Martinez in Revachal West. We cannot begin to tell you how introductory it is. So I do know eventually we're going to return to the world and they're going to build it mm. out. We might see like Jamrock that they make a lot of reference to, which is more of like the... uh urban, you know, uh, high-rises type of downtown city. So I know that we're going to return to that kind of stuff, but yeah, I just can't wait to find out more. I'm going to be so excited when Zom starts giving us actual information, drawings, concept ideas, trailers. Yeah. Yep. So real quick, because I don't want to go down this Disco Elysium road too much. I do. But like, was it the (laughs) setting that really, like this, I could care less about Revishal. And all that. Like, it wasn't the setting necessarily. It was the story and the atmosphere of, like, the, like, that hopelessness that a lot of people had, like, that, that underlying conflict. Like, we talked about that on the deep dive, but, like, I don't, like, I have zero interest in going back and seeing, like, other parts of this fictional world, like, as, unless they're, the story goes with it. Well, like, I that's think- the part that stood out to me. Yeah, I think without going too deep into this, I think that is kind of like, because it's not so much about like the story of just Revishal. It's the history of whatever this fictitious world is that makes that feeling. And I think because they they did such a good job of making that history feel alive in the modern game that there's a lot of places they can go with just even exploring a different part. Like what Paul was just saying about Jamrock, you know, so I... Let's I, just go to space. Let's leave Revishal behind. Space Elysium. Space, guys. Uh, Zom, if you're listening right now, which you probably are, because we are an international podcast of awesomeness, please um, go to space. Yeah, I, I remember doing research for the deep dive on Disco and reading that they had developed a full, I want to say 6,000 or 4,000 year history of the entire area. Wow. I just love when they put the time and the care to think about those things. And you can feel that when you play Disco Elysium. So whether the next game is literally in space or in the larger world of Elysium, I think we know that they put in the time and the effort to to make it feel well-lived. Now, the last thing I will mention is that the sales position job at Zom did worry me just a tad because it did say that it was the role of the sales position to maximize and diversify revenue streams for full game add-on and live services content. I don't know how you make Uh a game like Disco Elysium a live service, so maybe it'll just be DLC. (laughs) Not everything needs to be live service, man. Just make video games. Yeah, I totally agree. So we'll, we'll see exactly what that means later on. Disco Elysium online, like there's just six million Harrys running around trying to interact with each other. Oh, I would love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next news story here. Guys, we got word this week that Battlefield 2042 is releasing a new map in September. Josh, are you excited? Oh, guys. So we, I know we've talked a lot about how bad Battlefield 2042 is, and they have committed to improving this game. 
And it's too little too late. I could care less. Next story, Paul. And moving on, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, about the Steam Deck. You know, the Steam Deck, we've mentioned a couple times. We haven't really gone into it in a whole lot of detail. Michael, you, of course, have your Steam Deck. Have you been happy with it so far? Because we haven't heard a whole lot about it. I I learn new things about this thing every single day, and I'll try to be as brief as I can because I could talk about this for a half an hour. I am so impressed with this piece of technology that it and, and by the way, Valve is not a sponsor. I'm just literally talking off of my own my own experience. I am amazed at what it can do. Like I did a litmus test, right? The first thing that I did was I said, I'm gonna try playing control because my PC, which is pretty good, my gaming PC can run control, not on Max, and my laptop, if I try to run control, it actually explodes. And I'm like, can a five hundred dollar handheld play that game? runs beautifully the integration is incredible so many amazing games you can play on it there's absolutely no downside expandable memory insane like they could have been like everyone else like the apples of the world and said okay no problem you want a terabyte sure give us a thousand dollars instead they said hey we're gonna give you 512 gigabytes on the big version but you can expand it as much as you want that's just that's just quality of life those two examples of how i'm very happy with it granted i've only played about five or six hours of total play time on it uh, it is one of the best purchases I've made in gaming, really, in a while. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to play it so bad. I'm going to have to borrow it or maybe, you know, yeah. uh, go over to your house because the idea of having the two touchpads on both sides just seems so cool to be able to have like aiming with a touchpad with my thumb. I feel like once you got used to it, it, it should work really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, famously, there were very long queue times. Everybody who signed up had to wait a long time for their Steam Deck uh, in order to be made available. And the good news this week is that Valve has been able to bump up the production so much that they say pretty much everybody who wants one by the end of the year probably can have one. Out of nowhere, too. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. So I guess they said they were able to remove some of the issues with the production line. Um, But that's pretty neat. So everyone out there who wants a Steam Deck for Christmas, it's going to be available. Amazing timing that all of a sudden for the holidays that, (laughs) hey, guess what? Steam Decks are available, guys. Anybody want a Steam Deck for Christmas? (laughs) Um, you know i joke about mobile gaming and stuff i don't do a lot of traveling i'm i mean you know i'm at work during the day i'm at my house and if we're away i don't that's like my break from a lot of stuff so it's like i don't personally like feel the need for something like that but i 100 percent get why people would love something like the steam deck or you know the switch like i you know there's there's you know but then you're locked in a nintendo and that doesn't fit my style of game 
So it's like, I don't personally think I would use it, but I could see the Steam Deck being just massively popular for people, especially if it can play a game like Control and some of these other games that are optimized for it. Like, I think about, you know, we were talking with one of our, you know, one of our listeners and legendary supporters, Red Letter, and he's overseas right now. And he's like, dude, I have like 30 hours of flight time coming up. And like the Steam Deck would be amazing for that. Perfect. You know, like that's something where I could be like, dude, that could make travel so much better. If you're got a long road trip coming up, you know, playing the Steam Deck sitting in, in the back of the car or, you know, just something along the like, I, I can, I get it. Like personally, I don't ever have that need, but I get it. And so it finally being available and being as good as people say it seems is a positive all around. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. And honestly, I you know, I'm not a mobile gamer at all. And I might actually some games buy them just to play them on that because it's so comfortable. It's definitely bigger than you would expect, um, but not in a bad way. And and Paul, you can absolutely come over because one of the advantages of the Steam Deck is that you can log into multiple Steam accounts and seamlessly go back and forth without having to. Oh, yeah, that's so nice. You can, yeah, it's really convenient. Yeah. Like, how much do you guys think the average gaming PC costs? Right now, right like, now I don't know. I'm just, just what's your best guess? Fifteen hundred I mean, average? Uh, no, I'd say a grand. I like think a you can build eleven hundred. I think you can build a fairly average PC that can play most games out there on medium settings for probably about a thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. see, that's that's what I think of is like if you want to get into PC gaming, it's so prohibitively expensive. This is a pretty cheap way to do it, and the fact that the games are so cheap. If you have a Nintendo Switch, all the major games are 60 bucks no matter what. Yeah. Mario games don't go on sale. Steam games you can always get good deals for like 99 cents up to 4.99. I just like the fact that it's going to make PC gaming more accessible. Well, and yeah. it almost acts as a small budget PC as well because you can hook up a mouse and keyboard to it and a monitor if you want to. So you can literally say it's a small budget PC. It's a great entry level PC gaming uh option just like you said. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to actually get my hands on one. I've not used one yet. I, I don't think Josh has either, but no, I'm definitely interested. One. I mean, I've Come seen on. pictures on the internet. But that's <laughs> Come on over, guys. I'll grill you some burgers. We'll have some burgers and some oh. charcoal. Have a good time, and there you go. Well, I don't want to eat the charcoal, but the burgers sound good. Oh, that's fine. I'll eat the charcoal. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> oh, very nice. Well, we are halfway through our episode, so we're going to take a short break and hear from one of our sponsors. When you think of matchmaking for a multiplayer online competitive game, you might get some anxiety sometimes. Who am I going to be matched with? Are they going to be around my skill rating? Maybe am I going to get carried through this match? Or maybe am I going to get matched with the most toxic person alive, which happens for some reason semi-often? Wouldn't it be nice if you could protect yourself from these bullies and awful human beings? Well, maybe now you can. The Multiplayer Gaming Podcast is proud to be sponsored by eBlitz. Guys, it's an app, and its purpose is to be a looking-for-group social platform for all levels of gamers. You can be matched with like-minded and non-toxic gamers within seconds. Here's how it works. Simply start swiping to match with other gamers who share similar interests as you, be it games, platform of choice, country, etc., and just message them. You can also grow your buddy network with every single match. So you have a list of gamers you trust, and you can team up with them whenever you want, giving you a better gaming experience. Never queue alone again, and create a new gaming friend group in seconds. Download the eBlitz app today for free, completely free, off the App Store and Google Play Store. Links are in the episode description below. 
All right, welcome back. Guys, next on the docket, I've got some news about Halo, and I don't mean Halo Infinite. This is not a joke, guys. We have news about Halo 2, which uh. released all the way back in 2004. Uh, this is a pretty interesting story. So basically, there is a YouTuber who goes by Critical. I guess his name is Charles White Jr. And he offered a bounty that if anybody could do a certain challenge in Halo 2, that he would give them $20,000. And for a long time, this was considered to be maybe the hardest challenge in all of gaming because nobody was able to do it. Basically, they had to complete all of Halo 2 on legendary difficulty with every bonus challenge modifier turned on without dying once. And Josh, you want to tell the people what actually happened? Oh, man, dude. Number one, this challenge, to, to kind of put this into perspective, this is called the Halo 2 Lasso, so L-A-S-O challenge. So if you want to look it up, because you probably should to realize how amazing this actually was, the L-A-S-O stands for Legendary All Skulls On. Um, mm -hmm. And the skulls are modifiers that you can get that double the damage you take. They can do any number of things. But basically, for the skulls, they just make the game harder in various ways. So if you are a masochist and you want to just be just rage quitting Halo 2 at all times, go ahead and turn on all the skulls because the game's basically impossible at that point. <laughs> and this guy critical knew it. And he said, Hey, I think this is the hardest challenge in all of gaming. Uh, I'm going to put a, uh, like an offer out there that if anybody beats the Halo lasso challenge, I will give them $20,000 and people have tried this challenge for like decades Honestly, yeah, and almost it's 20 never, years. Yeah, it's never been completed ever. Like people have probably come close, but it's never been done. And I mean, you guys know how popular Halo is. And let's be honest, Halo 2, one of the best Halos ever. So, Absolutely. you know, this this definitely falls into that, you know, people were, are going to want to try this. Well, lo and behold, dude, this dude did it. I uh, he actually beat the challenge and to Critical's credit, the, he paid him the $20,000 prize for actually beating this. It was absolutely bananas. It was insane. The guy goes bananas uh, when he finally does it and he beats it. I mean, I would too. I just won 20 grand. But what an accomplishment, <laughs> man. Yeah, I think I think it's so cool too because this this kind of takes a step back and looks at the brevity of games. Sometimes that they're good, you know. Toxicity is such a big thing right now. It's cool to see someone like put a challenge out there. And I know they were talking about how this this gamer streamed it and right at the end of the game, his family came and was so excited. It was just what a heartfelt good moment. I think that's great. Um, of course, that's all I can say about this because I don't even know what Halo Two is because I can't access my long long term memory from how long ago this game came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's pretty cool. And I think it's cool. The guy lived up and he actually said, no, this is a real challenge. Here's your 20 grand. Here's your money. Yeah. So the guy who completed it, his name is Gervalen. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. He's a streamer on Twitch and the run took almost a full seven hours. So this is like a really pretty long epic stream session where you're not taking breaks and stopping. I did not watch the full seven hours, but I did click my way through it. And I especially watched like the last 15 minutes and it's almost like he's almost in a state of shock when he completes it, because before he goes bananas, like Josh said, I actually wrote down what he said, because he he finally does the last part where you actually have to beat stuff and the rest is just animations until it ends. 
and he's almost monotone. And he's like, all right, chat, I think we did it. Wow, imagine that. Two years ago, I thought this was impossible. And then he's just kind of sitting there. And then he starts pumping his fists, yeah. and he's yelling, and his family's running in. Yeah. And, oh, it was cracking me up. It was like he was in a state of shock. Like, it did not totally sink in right away. But, yeah, what a cool moment. He said, you know, tons of people were subbing and giving him donations. I'm sure this made his channel explode. Oh, yeah. But I can't imagine playing a game over and over because he clearly knows this game like the back of his hand. He's saying, all right, behind this next door, I'm going to have to kill these three guys that are invisible. And I know one's here. And like it, it was it, I feel like it would be such work to do this over and over and over. I can't imagine ever doing it myself. I can't. This is like up there with like speedrunners for me, where you are attempting the same level like a thousand times to try to shave off that like half a second. Yeah, I do. I do not have that mentality or the capacity to even want to try stuff like that. Like, and I enjoy a challenge, but not to that degree. You know, like I would have given it like five attempts and then be like, <laughs> yeah, like forget this challenge, dude. This thing's impossible. <laughs> yeah, know? it's that's so, my, my mind. It's the speed run when you were talking about that too. Like, you literally have to get everything perfect, and that just does not sound fun to me. No, no, not at all. And so, you know, this guy doing this is. Number one, congratulations. A money aside, that's oh, a yeah. feat. 18 years this challenge has been going on, you know, and nobody has completed it. And so to be able to say you're the first person to do that is like really, really cool. Getting 20 grand on top of that certainly doesn't hurt either. But yeah, <laughs> what, a, what an top. amazing thing. And, and people need to understand that like this challenge. Basically, just about everything can one-shot you, and there's snipers, the stupid jackal snipers in this game, are almost impossible to get around. Like, there's so many things that are stacked against you in this. Can you imagine being six hours, like six and a half hours in, and then getting killed? Like a cheap oh, shot. No, you know no. what I mean? And then just being like, well, now we have to start all over again. Like, I would just be like, forget this game, man. You're giving me anxiety <laughs> just thinking about it. This man deserves to have a bronze bust of himself in the Smithsonian. Brilliant. <laughs> or maybe in the next Halo game. But, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, name a character after him or something. I always loved how World of Warcraft would always put certain references and monuments to players, and maybe Halo's got to do something for him. For sure. Yeah. All right, guys, last story of the week. You know, it seems like we talk about Activision Blizzard a lot on the show, but I know it's because they're such an important developer. They keep making news. You know, we found out Blizzard has made more money in the last quarter from mobile gaming than they have all of PC and console combined. And the main reason for that is Diablo Immortal, which we keep bringing up on our Twig episodes. Well, one whale who has spent so much money on microtransactions that he has spent over a hundred thousand dollars in Diablo Immortal. He waited 72 hours and could not do any PvP matchmaking because his MMR is so high that there are no fair PvP matches. Essentially, he bought himself such a high rating, he 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 can no longer play the game. This man should have a bronze bust of himself at the no. Smithsonian. <laughs> no, th this guy should have a wanted poster that says, don't be like this guy. Oh, you know, know what I mean? Like, number one, who spends $100,000 on a mobile game? I, you remember, remember back when, okay, this is, this is a serious thing. 
remember back when they announced Diablo Immortal and the one guy was like, is this an April Fool's joke? And then I think Blizzard at this point is like, <laughs> who's laughing now? Yeah. And how much they're money they're making money. on this. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're super rich, back in the day, you would buy private jets or you buy a yacht or you buy a spaceship to take yourself out into space. I feel like this is just the younger crowd. This must just be some young entrepreneur with a ton of money or maybe inherited a bunch of money. I can't imagine blowing a hundred thousand dollars on Diablo immortal, like just sign up for legendary status on Patreon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, maybe, please do. Yeah. maybe go support some things, but yeah, I, I just, I, I can't imagine supporting the game to that high of a level financially. And now you can't even play. I mean, to blizzard's credit, they did say that they're looking into the matchmaking and they're going to make adjustments, but it's still very funny to think about this guy sitting around letting it queue 72 hours with no matches. I just don't have sympathy, man. Like I get I get the principle behind it and then it's like, "Hey, I bought into your microtransaction system more so than anybody else could or should." And so now I've I've done it. I've I've bought my way to victory, right? And then it's like I've bought my way into not being able to play this game that mm. I spent a hundred thousand dollars on. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like I get that, but at the same time, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, don't spend a hundred thousand dollars on Diablo Immortal. I just, it's there. There's and the fact that there's no real value there. In a few years, this game won't even exist. Where's the the money? Okay, I put like almost a hundred dollars one time uh, over like a month into a mobile game. I still feel like dirty about that. A hundred thousand dollars. I got. I can't. I can't. We got to finish the show. I can't do it. I can't think about this anymore. My heart. <laughs> it's it's such a high amount of money. And Blizzard is clearly just leaning into this more. Overwatch Two is free to play. Yep. They're they're just basing it on the Diablo Immortal model. Diablo Immortal is free to play, and you get a couple whales that finance the game for everybody. I've said on record, I'm all for it. They're not going to get my money. If I can play a game for free, maybe I'll toss them a couple bucks. But even Overwatch was sending surveys to people saying, would you spend $45 on this skin in Overwatch? And it's for me, the answer is absolutely not. I'll spend maybe three bucks a couple times as like a tip to the developer, but $45 for a skin. When do these become macro transactions, right? right? Like this is no longer micro. Well, and and nobody cares about it. That's the thing too. Like it used to be like, if you got a certain sword in world of Warcraft or something like that, and you earned that, that look, it's like, look what he did. That guy did something awesome. Yeah. Yes. No, I just spent 45 bucks and everyone else has it. That's why like I was a completionist in WoW and I had almost every mount and I did pay for some of the paid mounts. I literally never used them because they didn't mean anything. And that's how I feel about this. Yeah. The only, the only thing that makes me sad about all of this is that I was really hoping that Diablo Immortal would flop. And so (laughs) Blizzard would, get away from the microtransaction model and the trying to hose its gamers. Yep. But then I saw a thing that said that they've made like over a hundred million dollars on Diablo Immortal already. Oh, in like three months. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just shook my head and I kind of went, gamers, what are you doing, man? Don't, don't do that anymore. (laughs) Okay. So we, we talked about this once, but I just pulled up Diablo Immortal on Metacritic. What do you guys think the user score is at? The last time we talked about this, it was a 1.5. Oh, it's got to be lower. It's a point eight. Oh, point eight now. <laughs> you got to guess, Michael. I I don't even. 
one point one seven five. It is zero point three. No, oh my. There goodness. are four thousand seven hundred eight ratings, and it is an average of zero point three. You know, a couple people are giving it eight or nine in there. Right. So the fact that that's the average is bananas, and it's still making so much money. This, I'm sorry, Josh. Maybe cover your ears. I know how much you love Marvel movies. This is kind of what we've seen in movies where we have seen the quality of movies drop because the big Marvel movies make all the money. And I feel like this is what we're now seeing in gaming. We're seeing the creativity drop. It's more financially viable. I get it. It's a business, but man, it kind of sucks for the user. The thing is with this, normally you'd see a review score that low and you'd go like, ha ha, Blizzard. But they're just going like, ha ha, $100 million. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't care. We don't care one bit if you review Bomb Our Game. We made $100 million. It's, and it's, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this kind of stuff is just changing the video game industry forever. And I just want it to end because I love video games. This is why I'm happy that, you know, to kind of bookend the episode uh the studio that makes Disco Elysium is like, hey, we're looking for creative talent to make our creative game and not just do this stuff. But, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. All right. Well, that's all the news stories that we wanted to cover here this week. Hope you guys enjoyed spending this time here with us. As another reminder, please come check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. If you support us on any tier level, you'll get access to the Squadcast episodes. I think those have now become our favorite episodes to record. They're very silly. We laugh a lot. We joke a lot. It's a little less structured than this. Uh, but come check us out there. And then also hit us up on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod. We'd love to connect with you guys there. Uh, we have a free Discord server. There's a link in the episode description. And we do want to give another thank you to eBlitz uh, uh, for supporting this episode. And anything else to cover, guys? Any closing words or thoughts? I was just going to say, you know, on it, like you said, Paul, thank you to eBlitz. This show uh, happens through the support of our listeners, but also through the partnerships that we have. Even if you don't want to check out the app, which you really, really should, to be honest with you, leave them a good review. It takes it takes. 30 seconds to go in there and leave a five-star review and just say great app. But you know, these, these are the ways that they're helping us, you know, with the show, help them with the things that they care about as well. Yeah. To, to echo that they're helping us with our show. They're also helping make gaming better, which right. I think is an awesome thing. So, and then on the socials thing, guys, Paul mentioned it just a second ago, but we don't have a chance on these episodes to get to all the news, but we do post new stuff on the socials. So make sure you go check us out there. Just like Paul said. Just doubling down. That's. I'm just going to double down on what you guys say. I have no creative <laughs> input. I just say what you guys say. Like I'm trying to grow a beard, beard right now, but I can't grow it like Josh's. I just try mm, to do what you guys do. Good luck with that. Just give it impossible. a college try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Great. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you guys on Saturday for a quick take episode and then back on Monday again. And until then, happy gaming, everybody. See you next time. Cheers, all. All right. See you, everybody.